The love is real for Ron DeSantis. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Valentine's Day and welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. I am your humble host, Brian Nichols, joining you live here in our Stratus IP studios here in lovely, lovely Eastern Indiana. Don't let cyber attacks or outdated business technology put your company at risk. Learn more at briannicholsshow.com forward slash Stratus IP. Yes, the love is real. And how fitting as we're recording here on Valentine's Day to talk about that love for one GOP presidential potential candidate in one Florida governor, Ron DeSantis. Now, we uh, have already had Bob uh, Bob here on the show talking about the Ready for Ron campaign, but we're going to dig a little bit deeper today. Joining us from Ready for Ron, the executive director for Ready for Ron, Gabriel Yanas, joining us here on The Brian Nichols Show. Gabriel, welcome to the program. Brian, thanks for having me. Absolutely, Gabriel. Thank you for joining us. Looking forward to digging into things because obviously folks are curious. Will we see Ron DeSantis officially toss his hat in the ring there in which I'm assuming is going to be a potentially crowded GOP field? But first, do us a favor, introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience and what is Ready for Ron? So I'm the executive director for Ready for Ron. I've been with Ready for Ron since the inception. Um, I've been part of the uh, Republican movement, if not Liberty movement, for quite some time. Uh, I, I worked for a number of organizations in politics since 2010, whether it was with Americans for Prosperity, uh, getting a lot of the economic agenda through, or going to work for uh, Donald Trump in 2016 until, you know, I was brought on board by the great Ed Rollins, who's uh, our uh, chief political strategist, to help out with uh, this awesome project to kind of get Ron elected in 2024 and drafted, of course. All right. Well, let's talk about this because, uh, yeah, we, some there is a lot of discussion. Is Ron DeSantis, in fact, the real deal? Now, we've had uh, some folks who have even you know, run against uh, Ron DeSantis in the libertarian camp in one of our mutual friends, Hector Ruse. Uh, but you see, there is some skepticism towards Ron DeSantis. Does he have the bona fides to uh, actually bring the Liberty message to the masses with that big uh, GOP platform. Talk to us, Gabriel. You, I'm sure, have an opinion on this being the executive director for Ready for Ron. So give us the pitch. What is the argument? Why should folks not be as skeptical as they are? Yeah, look, look Brian, uh, I, I think you and I kind of fall into a lot of the same. I know a lot of people fall into this where we have a number of Republicans that have promised to cut the uh, deficit. And it seems like just every, no matter who's in office, it continues to inflate. So I would say the best the best way to, to, to make the pitch for Ron DeSantis is allow him to make his own pitch and see how he's governed in Florida. Uh, govern, you know, being an executive allows you the opportunity to govern. And, you know, Florida is one of the few states in the country, and a lot of people might not know this, it's actually cut their deficit and cut their state debt. I think this year, he, or end of last year, rather, because uh, we're starting off a new year, he announced, uh, the DeSantis administration announced they cut another $1.3 billion from the state debt. Um, I think they've cut it every single year since he's been in office. And uh, I, I think he's pledged to continue to do so in, in, in the time being. But by the way, at the same time, he sent money back to the people. Uh, so this whole notion of you can't be cutting spending and and and, and taxes and and see prosperity and, and see well, because you're going to see inflation uh, not inflation uh, the debt explode is nonsense. 
So I think somebody like that's exactly what we'd love to see on a presidential level. Instead of seeing, you know, the, the national debt reach up to 31 trillion, 33, 40 trillion, where, where it seems it's never going to stop. It'd be great. I mean, for me in particular, somebody in office who's done it, number one, has done it before. And number two, could actually start to cut down those deficits. Uh, otherwise, you know, I, I, I'm not going to get into the Federal Reserve and, and their antics here. I'm, I'm sure that you know a lot about this and your audience knows a lot. Um, and Jerome Powell, of course, has got has been dealt a tough hand by the Biden administration. Uh, but at, at this point, the solution is just let's just print more money, uh, ra- raise the the uh, interest rates, to try kind of maybe try to tank the economy, or so it seems like to me to bring down inflation. And, and, and let's just keep spending like like there's no tomorrow. Who cares? And hopefully, you know, with a DeSantis presidency, we'll finally get rid of that stuff. So I know another area a lot of folks in the liberty movement are a little skeptical is uh, Ron DeSantis' approach to foreign policy. Now, uh, Ron DeSantis really hasn't had too much to say with regards to a lot of foreign policy in recent months, and namely because he's governor of Florida. It's not in his purview. Um, So obviously you're running for president, and that means that will turn into his purview. So when you look back to, well, what can we look to see in terms of what will he do in the future, you look to his past. And I'm looking to the past. I know a lot of folks raise up his record in Congress with a lot of question marks there when it comes to foreign policy. Could you address some of those concerns a little bit there? Sure. Look, I think, Brian, I think the best way to particularly somebody in the liberty movement, it's kind of a natural home, I think, for a lot of veterans, which we've noticed. Uh, Ron DeSantis is himself a veteran. He served overseas. Uh, he has a bronze star. He, he was a JAG officer uh, attached to one of the SEAL teams. Uh, so I think when you have somebody who's a veteran who served overseas, they're going to be much more careful about how they wield uh, not only the military, but our but our, uh, our our power overseas. You see currently what's going on in Ukraine. Unfortunately, it seems like nonstop money we're going to give we're giving over to, uh, sending over there, whether it's in equipment or cash itself. And unfortunately, it's 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 incredibly dangerous. We don't know what's what this is going to manifest into. Um, it's puts our troops very close. To, to danger. I mean, it, it, it's one mistake away from us having to put combat troops on the ground. Um, and, and that's far more than we want to see, not just far more than anybody would want to see. Not that we're not getting weary of continually sending the money over there, but having an, a, a veteran in office is always going to be more, much more weird about using that manpower, putting American troops, men and women in harm's way. And that's why I think Ron DeSantis is a phenomenal president, particularly when it comes to foreign policy. He's served on the ground. He knows how difficult it is to put troops in front of, to be, to have actually people and to be himself in, in harm's way. And I, I think he'll be incredibly careful about how he wields that. So I was over on Tim Pool back in March of last year, and when I was on the show, the topic of conversation was down in Florida, the uh, the so-called Don't Say Gay Bill, which I think the actual name was the Stop the Sexualization of Ch- uh, Children Act. So <laughs> you saw there, there was an absolute attempt by the corporate media to direct a narrative and the Democrats to direct a narrative. But let's talk about the cultural issues, right? When I was on Tim Pool. I was saying I think Ron DeSantis is doing something smart politically because he's now setting a narrative that he's forcing Democrats to respond to, and it is focusing on, yes, this cultural conversation that a lot of folks are paying attention to. Now, in the liberty movement, I see a lot of people saying, 
we shouldn't be focusing so much about the cultural issues. People need to know about, you know, where they're going to get their next paycheck and can they buy groceries? And I say, yes, that's part of the conversation. But as the tagline to my show alludes to, we should be meeting people where they're at on the issues they care about, which includes cultural issues like parents saying, what's my kid being taught in school? All of a sudden, I'm seeing what they're being taught in school because of COVID-19 and the, the school's being shut down, and now me seeing what my kids are actually learning, air quotes, in school, and it raised a lot of red flags from parents. So I see the, the value in Ron DeSantis having the cultural conversation, but to those folks out there who say, is this worth the time, energy, and effort? Gabriel, what say you? And now, a word from our sponsors. E-A-B-L-E-S. Ebels. Remember that name because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers. Ebels is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs. And yours truly can indeed vouch for the quality of Ebels. Having a herniated disc in my back, coupled with years of sports injuries, I was struggling to find something, anything to help manage my pain. That is until Ebels. And right now, Ebels is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nichols show audience on all orders all you have to do is head to ebels.com and use promo code tbns that's it discount applied again the code is tbns at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality cbd on the market one more time that is code tbns at checkout of course it is brian for, for for a number of reasons i mean first of all of course you always have to go to what the voters care about you don't talk to the voters about what they don't care about and hope that they care about what you care about you have to go to where they are but this is much deeper than just you know post draconian measures that we saw in a number of states where we we have we've of course seen the student testing go down and 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 students lagging behind in most states florida actually leads the way not perfect but does lead the way in in in, in education however uh, we have to think about something rather than teaching kids you know the the, the fundamentals which is uh, reading arithmetic uh and uh, his and history we're, we're teaching them these woke uh, ideologies and and meanwhile you have the the kids overseas in china eating our lunch uh, the, this this century is going to be about data it's going to be about ai it's going to be about programming and we're focused on all this woke nonsense to, to kind of indoctrinate your kids for what? I mean, where does that get us in 10, 20 years? What, what's the workforce that gets us in 10, 20 years? What do you want to what do you want to build a, a, a society of uninformed, uneducated people so that what they end up on the government dole? I really do think that's what the Democrats are trying to get to in the long run. Um, I think this is a distraction. It's the it's the method that they're using to get in there. They've been doing this since the 1960s. This is the next. This is their next thing. Their distraction to get away uh, to, to to get our youth um, indoctrinated early and unfocused from the things that they should be focused. So it could be the the workforce of the future. At some point, it's going to come back to bite us if we don't nip it in the bud right now. All right, Gabriel, we got so far into the episode and I was able to avoid the one question everybody in the audience has been asking and waiting for us to address. And that is, well, what about the former president? One Donald John Trump, because he is one of two uh, currently confirmed, confirmed, right? Yeah, confirmed GOP nominees we have with uh, Donald Trump and now just recently announced sacrificial lamb Nikki Haley. So looking at Ron DeSantis, I think everybody is aware. It's it's going to come down to Trump versus DeSantis, right? And with that being said, 
there's a lot there, I guess, with that being said. But let's start to unpack where do you see Donald Trump and and Ron DeSantis di- like differing and Ron DeSantis truly standing ahead on on various issues when it's a compare and contrast directly to Trump. Well, luckily, as I mentioned before, you know, Governor DeSantis is in office and he's an executive and we've been able to see what he's been, uh, how he's governed over the last couple of years when President Trump has been out of office. No knock on President Trump. You won't get me to, to say anything negative about the man. I think history will be fairly positive towards him when a lot of these woke historians are going to get out of the way. But Brian, quite honestly, look at how he's governing. Look at how he managed COVID. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Democrats were, we forget about this, but here in Florida, I'm in Florida, uh, we, we didn't have these draconian measures. And o- o- over in California or New York, Connecticut, you name it, we were hearing every day, oh, death, death, Santis, and, and all these hysterical things that they would say about the guy. Well, that's his record. That's that's exactly who it is, who he is. Now, President Trump, of course, is going to come out with all kinds of awesome nicknames. I'm sure he's going to have some better ones than Ron DeSantimonious or whatever it is that he's come with. He's come out with lately, and, and I'm sure he'll come up with some good ones for Nikki Haley or Mike Pompeo, whoever it is that comes in. But if again, I don't work for the Ron DeSantis campaign, but if I did, I would tell them focus on your own race, focus on being the next generation. Of, uh, of conservative leaders, somebody who could bring the liberty message to the next generation of folks um, in, in, in a way that President Trump probably can't uh, just because of his, his, his time that he's had in office because of the div- divisive nature. And, and again, be deferential to the guy, be, be thankful for the man for having thrown his hat in the ring. You know, he served four years when he really didn't have to do so. A, a billionaire who lived a very nice life, who sacrificed a lot. We see all the stuff, whether it's with Twitter files or the fake Russia hoax or everything they threw at the guy. Um, that America owes the man a great deal of debt, particularly all the warnings that he gave us hmm, when it was about China and all the things that, the, that they called him uh, hysteria uh, came to be true. So uh, there, there's something to be said about that. But Ron DeSantis should run his own race. He shouldn't be focused on President Trump. Take the nicknames. I'm sure there'll be some good, uh, entertaining ones, to, like I mentioned, to go around. But let's just stick on Ron DeSantis and how we can move forward. I think you look at the strategy versus the principles, right? This is the conversation we have in the greater libertarian movement is what what do we do? Do we be strategic or do we be principled? And this is almost the you know same church, different pew kind of conversation for the GOP. Not saying Trump is principled, uh, principled by any stretch, but more so that it's, I think you hit it right there, that Trump is so disliked by so many people. And there comes a point, I think a lot of GOPers have to have their come to Jesus moment that you, that you just, you will not be able to convince a certain proportion of Americans because they have that preconceived notion. So you have to then weigh in the strategic portion of this, this pendulum that's swinging back and forth. And I guess that's something that Ron DeSantis will hands down be able to do better at especially with the folks in the middle and I think we can wrap up as we go towards this part of the conversation is let's talk about that independent dare I say just apathetic middle of the road Americans who have not voted or just have not gotten involved in the political process I think it's imperative for any political organization be that the Republicans the Democrats the Libertarians or question mark for the future 
in order to have true political success, you have to involve that that actual majority of Americans who aren't involved in the political process now. So, Gabriel, what would you say is the best means that we would see a Ron DeSantis actually reaching out to that squishy center slash majority of Americans who just are kind of tired of the whole thing? I, I remind people of this all the time, Brian, people in my family, people around me. I live in real America. I, 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 I don't live in D.C. So I, I remind people it's very simple. Talk to people about what it is that they care about. Right now, what people are hurting are their pocketbooks and they're worried about what their kids are learning in school because they're worried about whether their kids are going to have jobs in the next 10 or 20 years. So I think that's the opportunity that Ron has to talk to these people about these issues. Um, of course, there's all the other red meat issues, which our base absolutely loves and he's great on. Uh, but simplify. I mean, you, you talked about the liberty movement. I think those some of us in the liberty movement um, get bogged down a little bit too much on, in the weeds of things where we start uh, talking to people about maybe fiat currencies and the gold standard and things of that nature, which I absolutely love. But the average American, you know, people are not picking up uh, 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 books and, and, and reading reading about this stuff as much as I wish that they would. Uh, they, people, real Americans have things that they have to worry about every day. People are working, you know, from early in the morning till late at night. And they're coming home and have, sitting around the dinner table and we can't sit there being tone deaf and talking about things that they really don't care about. So we have to make a good case of explaining to them how, how it is that we're going to make their lives better, how we're going to put money back in their pockets and how we're going to make sure that their kids have a bright future. I think one big, one big, big part of this, one big component of it is, and I talk about this often, is something that neither, well, particularly us on the right don't do very often anymore. And it's probably a word that you haven't heard in some time. It's called grassroots. You remember that word? Oh yeah. <laughs> I love that word. It works really, really well. And, and what, Brian, what's happened? You've been, I'm, I know you study this stuff. What's happened the last three cycles when we haven't been doing the grassroots stuff? Oh, um, I don't know. We've lost. We lose. And, and, and you know, we, we can, we can stay down that path and it's not sexy. It's, it's not, it doesn't make any consultants money. It doesn't make them rich, uh, which unfortunately there's too much money in politics and too many people getting wealthy and where you get into that if you want to. Um, but, but it makes people gravitate towards the things that do make them money and do get them rich. And that might be television ads. I'm, I'm not against television ads. Uh, we do our own TV ads, but, uh, you always have to look at what, follow the money, where the money's going. And unfortunately, if you don't invest on the ground, if you don't invest in the churches and the pews, if you, if you don't invest in the schools, in the school system and parent, parent teacher conferences and local elections. And of course, in the ground game, which is the nitty gritty, get out there, knock on doors, go get people out there to vote, talking to your neighbors, talking to people at the grocery stores, you're not going to win. And by the way, the Democrats are so good at doing this. I will remind people that they win. People think that they win by, they want a state and they want it by big numbers. No, they're usually less than 5,000 votes, a lot of these things. And what's the difference? It's literally people telling their neighbors, we're going to get out there and vote. There might be George Soros money involved and all that stuff that they're, that they're, that they're influencing the elections. But definitely they are so good at organizing and we've let that fall off for what, eight years now? And what has it gotten us? A whole lot of nothing and just angry people about how we underperformed. Well, guess what? If we don't get back to that, yeah, a lot of a lot of these consultants will have really nice new beach houses on the coast and uh, we'll keep losing and the national debt will continue to rise and we'll be getting into all kinds of foreign conflicts and, and see the destruction of our currency. So uh, I, I hope your viewers choose. Well, and you couldn't have set me up for a better infomercial for 
My, well, what I've been really focusing on here since January, and that is trying to help local candidates who need the help when they're trying to reach their average voter. And yeah, guess what we're doing? Grassroots approach to politics because it works. So what I'm doing is, well, number one, I wrote an ebook for everybody to go ahead and, and reach out. To, uh, you can go ahead at our website, briannicholshow.com, find the link to the ebook right there at the uh, the homepage. The ebook is free, by the way, and it's how to win your local election. But Gabriel, also, you are talking about the consultants who are usually getting hand over fist in cash uh, for all the different consultancies they do. I saw that and I said, well, this is a big barrier to entry for your average folks who are running for local office. So that's what we started our candidate school here at the Brian Nichols Show Patreon. 10 bucks a month is what we're uh, charging for local candidates to, to literally get awesome roundtables with yours truly plus other candidates who are running for local office, candidates who have run for local office in the past, won those elections, but also, and sometimes more importantly, those who have lost their elections. We get to learn what they did that they thought they should have done differently. And, and I think that's important for folks to actually put into their campaigns, learn from other mistakes so you're not repeating those same mistakes from yesteryear. Just like you mentioned, Gabriel, when we don't go the, the grassroots approach, we will lose. We have lost. So let's go back to what works. And uh, that's what we're doing here at Candidate School. So uh, I guess that kind of counts for my final thought as we're going towards wrapping things up here. So do me a favor, Gabriel, as we uh, go towards wrapping this uh, nice bow on the episode today, give us your final thoughts. And also, where can folks go ahead and continue the conversation if they are, in fact, ready for Ron? Not just continue the conversation, but I implore everybody who wants to see Ron DeSantis run uh, to visit readyforron.com, F-O-R, readyforron.com, and sign the petition. Sign the petition to get him to uh, to run for 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 president. You know, we're gonna we're we're, we're planning on delivering every single one of these signatures uh, to uh, Governor DeSantis himself here, hopefully pretty soon. We know last year alone, in the midst of of, of a midterms election, we were able to to garner over 125,000 petition signatures. We're close to our announcing our next milestone. We'll probably announce it here tomorrow or the day after. So stay tuned. But in, in between now and then, please visit the website, readyforron.com, sign the petition, donate. Um, and if you can, visit us on Twitter, ready for number four, uh, Ron, uh, at ready for Ron, and uh, share our stuff and follow us. All right, folks. Well, there is your call to action for today's episode. And I'll give you one more call to action. And that is if you enjoyed today's episode, do me a favor, go ahead and give it a share. Also, if you uh, particularly want to go ahead and dig into those links that were shared, we'll go ahead into your podcast catcher, go to the show notes and you'll find everything pretty much listed there, but click on your podcast catcher artwork. It'll bring you over to briannicholsshow.com where you can find today's episode, which is is episode 681 say what and also you can find all 680 other episodes but for today's episode you can find all those links plus you can find the entire transcription of today's episode you can find gabriel's bio and you can find the video version of the show which i know 99 of you are listening to us on the the earbuds and the podcast version of the show yes we do have a video version of the show so head over to youtube to odyssey or to Rumble, wherever it is you go ahead and consume your video content, whatever you do, just please do me a favor and hit that little notification bell and subscribe button.
button so you don't miss a single time we go live. And by the way, if you are joining us here on YouTube, well, uh, YouTube's gonna go ahead and give you a little video right here somewhere, I think. Actually, no, it's gonna be right here. That's better. Uh, and it's gonna be yesterday's episode where we sat down with Fred Carey, who is a business expert, and we talk about fundraising because... Gabriel, I'm sure you, you're you aware, right? It's tough running for office, and that means that you often need to have some funds available in order to do so. So how do we raise those funds? Well, he's a fundraising expert. He's going to tell us what he learned in the business world and how we can apply it to the world of politics. So I will see you guys over there to continue that conversation. But with that being said, we're going to sign off for today. So it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Gabriel Yanes. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Enjoying the audio version of the show? Then you'll love our YouTube channel. Be sure to head over there and subscribe. And if you're new to The Brian Nichols Show, be sure to head to your favorite podcast catcher and click download all unplayed episodes so you don't miss one of our nearly 500 episodes that will be sure to leave you educated, enlightened, and informed. If you got value from today's episode, can you do me a favor and head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash support and leave us a $5 donation? And by the way, have you given the show a five-star review yet? If not, head to Apple Podcasts and tell folks why you listen to the program and don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty. And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to the Brian Nichols Show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support.